0: Welcome to the Altruistic Libertarian Advocate for a Genuinely Free Society I'm Anthony Wheeler and in this program we will consider the role of the state within modern society. Today we're going to begin with the story of two 20th century Austrian philosophers Ludwig von Wittgenstein and Sir Karl Popper. The full story can be found in the book Wittgenstein's Poker. In October 1946 Popper presented a paper titled Are There Philosophical Problems?" to an Oxford Club meeting chaired by Wittgenstein. This was deliberately provocative by Popper as Wittgenstein was well known for his view that only scientific problems existed and that all supposedly philosophical problems could be reduced to language puzzles or language games. The conflict grew heated, according to legend, with Wittgenstein waving a fireplace poker in Popper's face and then storming out of the room. In this debate, with all due respect to Wittgenstein, I will side with Popper. Popper insisted that all philosophical inquiries begin with identifying a genuine problem. This problem will generally lie outside of philosophy, for example in politics, society, or perhaps art. Given Popper's guidance, I would phrase the principal problem of political philosophy as What is the best way for people to live together in society? From this starting point, there are many possible directions to go. Many of them more or less equally valid. But I will begin with the following question. How can we mitigate violence within society? By violence, I mean an act where a person or persons deliberately injures or kills another person or persons. For example, a violent act is where a man rapes a woman. When an airplane drops bombs on an inhabited village. When somebody deliberately flies a plane into a building. When a police officer shoots an armed or an unarmed suspect. When a prisoner shanks a guard. When a homeowner shoots an intruder. When a prison guard beats an inmate to death. When a wife strikes her husband. What is not violence? What we don't consider violence are, are the following. The eruption of a volcano that destroys a village. A shark attack that severs the leg of a surfer. A car wreck that kills a young family. A hunter shooting a bear. A linebacker hitting a running back so hard that he break his, breaks his leg. So how do we mitigate violence within society? Generally, with the advent of the state or government. Ludwig von Mises provides the basic definition in his book, Human Action, and I quote, State or government is the social apparatus of compulsion and coercion. It has the monopoly of violent force. No individual is free to use violence or the threat of violence if the government has not accorded this right to him, unquote. Which brings us back to the central purpose of this program, to examine the role of the state within modern society. The range of possibilities for the state stretches from anarchy at one end, where there's no government at all, to the extreme of totalitarian communism on the other. We quickly dispense with the option of anarchy with the following. And I quote, Whatsoever therefore is consequent to a time of war, where every man is enemy to every man, the same is consequent of the time wherein men live without other security than what their own strength and their own invention shall furnish them with them. In such condition there is no place for industry, because the fruit thereof is uncertain, and consequently no culture of the earth, no navigation, nor use of the commodities that may be imported by the sea, no commodious building, no instruments of moving and removing such things as require much force, no knowledge of the face of the earth, no count of time, no arts, no letters, no society, and which is worst of all, continual fear and danger of violent death, and the life of man, solitary, poor, nasty, brutish, and short. From Thomas Hobbes Leviathan. Ludwig von Mises explains the importance of the state, and I quote, The market economy cannot do without a police power safeguarding its smooth functioning by the threat or the application of violence against against peacebreakers. Not only the market economy, I would contend, but the whole of society, the whole of civilized society. As for totalitarian communism, where the state controls and determines everything anyone says, does, or thinks, we can simply refer to George Orwell's 1984 and leave it at that. So that means that the answer to what is the best way for people to live together in society lies in supporting a form of government somewhere in between these two extremes. So we seek in this program the golden mean, the Aristotelian center of perfection for the state and society. To begin our examination of the state within modern society, we will take a closer look at the title of this program and what it means. That is, the altruistic libertarian advocate for a genuinely free society. The word libertarian can mean many things. For our purposes, a libertarian is generally someone who places a high value on individual liberty. As for what we mean by individual liberty, let's review the classic definition by John Stuart Mill from his work on liberty. This then is the appropriate region of human liberty. It comprises first the inward domain of conscience. Demanding liberty of conscience is in the most comprehensive sense. Liberty of thought and feeling, absolute freedom of opinion and sentiment on all subjects, practical or speculative, scientific moral or theological. Secondly, the principle requires liberty of tastes and pursuits, of framing the plan of our life to suit our own character, of doing as we like, subject to such consequences as may follow, without impediment from our fellow creatures, so long as what we do does not harm them, even though they should think our conduct foolish, perverse, or wrong." I will generally use the terms individual liberty and individual freedom synonymously. Von Mises indicates what we mean by freedom and the necessary context for that freedom in the following. Quote, Only within the frame of a social system can a meaning be attached to the term freedom. Freedom refers to the sphere within which an acting individual is in a position to choose between alternative modes of action. A man is free insofar as he is permitted to choose ends and the means to be used for the attainment of those ends." Unquote. Note that when I say freedom, I do not mean freedom from hunger, or freedom from boredom, or freedom from want. In the context of this program, freedom means the freedom from coercion, from violent force, or the threat of violent force. Mises goes on to write, quote, as far as the government, the social apparatus of compulsion and aggression, confines the exercise of its violence and the threat of such violence to the suppression and prevention of antisocial action, there prevails what reasonably and meaningfully can be called liberty. For the altruistic libertarian, the notion of liberty and freedom manifests politically in the following principle from Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged. Whatever may be open to disagreement, there is one act of evil that may not, the act that no man may commit against others, and no man may sanction or forgive. So long as men desire to live together, no man may initiate. Do you hear me? No man may start the use of physical force against others. It is only as retaliation that force may be used, and only against the man who starts its use. Unquote. This principle is the basis for everything in this program that follows, and sits at the core of the altruistic libertarian's political worldview. Ayn Rand is not the first to voice such a principle. John Stuart Mill put it like this, and on liberty, quote, "The object of this essay, essay is to assert one very simple principle. That principle is that the sole end for which mankind are warranted, individually or collectively." and interfering with the liberty of action of any other number is self-protection." So that is libertarian. Now for the word altruistic. Altruistic means showing a disinterested and selfless concern for the well-being of others. There are several aspects of altruistic that pertain here. First and foremost, I believe, right or wrong, that moving towards a genuinely free society will benefit almost everybody. And that for me is the primary criteria. What is best for people now and into the future? Exactly how this can be accomplished will be discussed in detail in later episodes. In making this effort, I personally gain nothing or very close to nothing. All the content I offer is free. In addition to this channel, you can go to my non-commercial website at altruisticlibertarian.com. I make no request for funding such as Patreon, nor seek likes or subscriptions. It's not that I have any principle against making money. It's just that I wish to remain intellectually autonomous. Everything I express will be genuine and without influence by non-intellectual outside factors. I remain independent of academia and political party politics. I take full responsibility for my views and how I express them. This also means that I reserve the right to change my mind. If I learn something compelling that alters my views, I will alter my views and say so. I welcome criticism and will be very pleased if I learn something that I have never before considered. My altruistic motivation is simple. I wish to help make the world a better place. That takes care of altruistic libertarian. Now for what I mean by genuinely free society. In some cases, people refer to a free market and others prefer descriptions such as capitalist or laissez-faire. But these expressions are too closely associated with economy and materialism. Individual humans strive for many things. They desire various states of satisfaction, pursue any number of goals, and often work hard to achieve specific values. Some of these values are material, money, wealth, others social, respect, status, some intellectual, knowledge, wisdom, and other spiritual, enlightenment, grace. While the economic basis for human life is important, it's only part of the human experience. Within a genuinely free society, everything a human values can be pursued consistent with our definitions of liberty and freedom. In every case, individuals decide what they care about the most and make decisions that lead in one direction or another. Marry or remain single, have children, or remain childless, pursue a career or simply work for what one needs, go to college near home or out of state, attend church or worship alone or not at all. Over a lifetime things change along with desires and directions as one milestone after another is reached and surpassed and a person matures into something more refined or sometimes descends into a deeper state of decadence. The possibilities and permutations are endless and it is only within a genuinely free society that each person can truly explore the ultimate range of possibilities. Within a given society in a given age, the more freedom individuals enjoy, the greater the amount of wealth they will create. And in this context, wealth extends well beyond money and includes everything a person values. Free time, health, friends, family, status, space, spiritual peace. More wealth means a wider range of individual choice. With greater choice comes additional opportunity to reach increased levels of individual satisfaction. The aggregate of higher levels of individual satisfaction across the entire population results in a more dynamic, creative and fulfilling society. In order to realize genuine freedom, belief in universal human dignity is required and the commitment to treat each other with respect. This means letting individuals decide what is best for themselves, even when we disagree, allowing people to live in peace and to spend their time, energy, and resources as they please. That concludes our show for today. In the next episode, we begin a series on the philosophical basis for a generally free society. Until next time, peace.